Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. So this week uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 27. The conclusion of Acts chapter 27 contains actually the uh, climax of Paul's storm-tossed journey aboard the ship that was supposed to carry him to Italy. Remember that they, he was on his way to Rome. And against Paul's advice, uh, Julius, the, the Roman centurion, had made the decision to set out from Crete and to sail during what was actually a dangerous sailing season. And uh, because of that, the ship that Paul was on was soon caught in a violent storm, a northeaster. And uh, so everyone on board, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, this is ringing up here just a little bit, Keith. I don't know if it's ringing out there, but it's ringing in my ears this morning. And I don't want to be ringing in your ears this morning. Uh, everybody on board, as a result of that storm, 276 individuals on board were driven by the wind and they were in danger uh, for 14 days. The uh, storm that we recently had, uh, well, um, Florence anyway, remember how it stuck around? It had stuck around for, what, three or four days perhaps? And how many were tired of Florence after it had been here for like four days we were ready for it to move on and get gone. Can you imagine being in that kind of storm for 14 days? Well, for 14 days, Paul and those on board that ship had been tossed because of that, um, because of that storm. Remember, the crew uh, was suffering from that storm because of their disobedience. They had refused to listen to Paul and hear the Word of God, and they had insisted on sailing setting their own course, and because of that, they were suffering the consequences of their own disobedience. Paul, on the other hand, remember, he suffered uh, in spite of his obedience. He was obeying God, and yet he still suffered uh, uh, because of it. Nevertheless, God promised Paul that they would all survive. Uh, all 276 individuals, all of them would survive if everyone stayed on board the ship. Let me repeat that once more. It, uh, God promised Paul that everyone would survive if they stayed on board. You see, God's purpose for Paul was that he would witness, that he would bear witness of the gospel in Rome. In fact, Paul had been visited by an angel while he was on board the ship. Remember, the angel had told him, do not be afraid, Paul, because you must stand before Caesar. How many knows if God says that something must happen, then how many knows it's going to happen? Amen. God says it, then it's going to take place. And so God's purpose was that Paul would appear in Rome and nothing was going to prevent God's purpose that he had for Paul. So that meant that the surest course for future safety was for them to endure that present storm. Now, that's a message for somebody here this morning, that the, the surest course for your safety is to endure the storm that you're going through at this, at this moment. Remain on that. God was saying to uh, those that were on the ship, remain on the ship, stay on course, and you will survive because I'm committed to fulfilling my purpose for the apostle 
Paul. God is committed to fulfilling His purpose in your life also. Can I get an amen for that? God has a purpose for each and every one, not just the Apostle Paul. God has a purpose for everyone that's here this morning. And if you will stay committed to Him, if you will give your heart completely to Jesus Christ, then He is committed to the success of His purpose for your, for your life. So as difficult and as dangerous as obeying God may be, and heaven knows sometimes it can be dangerous. Sometimes it can be because God sometimes asks us to do hard things. And so God's will can sometimes be difficult. And God's will can sometimes be dangerous. It does sometimes put us in, in harm's way. He doesn't exempt us from suffering and from adversity. But as difficult and as dangerous as it may be, it is not near, nearly as risky as disobeying God. Because disobeying God is more risky and more dangerous than obeying God. In fact, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. I said the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Punch your neighbor this morning and make sure they're away. I was concerned about this when we moved back over to the sanctuary because if you tried out those theater seats, then they're awful comfortable. And I said, I have to work harder to make sure people don't fall asleep. But on these plastic folding chairs, you would think you'd stay awake this morning. All right? Make sure your neighbor is awake this morning. So the safest place to be is in the middle of God's will. No matter, listen, no matter how hard the, the winds blow, no matter how high the, the waves get, it is still the safest place to be is in the middle of God's will, doing serving Him with all of your heart. Therefore, in this passage, when several of the, or in Acts chapter 27, when several of the sailors prepared to make their escape in a lifeboat, remember that we talked about that last time, several of them tried to make their escape in a lifeboat. Paul warned them, he said, unless you stay in the ship, then you cannot be saved. Unless you stay where God has told you to be, you cannot be saved. And so the Bible says, so they cut away the ship's boat and they let it go and they, they all remained on board. So then Paul gathered everyone together. He broke bread with them, assuring them that not a hair of their head was to perish on any of them. And then we're going to resume this morning in Acts chapter 27, beginning in verse number 39. So if you look, in Acts chapter 27, beginning in verse number 39. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and they left them in the sea, and at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to, who could swim to jump overboard first and to make for the land, and the rest on planks, or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that they were all brought safely to the land. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us this morning. 
God, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would give us, Lord, all ears to hear what you're saying to us. God, anoint me to preach effectively today. God, give us all the faith that we need to trust your purpose even when our plans fail. God, I pray especially for anyone who's here today that is outside of your will, whether they are fleeing from you or whether, Lord, they remain far away from you this morning. Draw them, God, unto yourself. Cause them to see that there is no light outside of Jesus Christ. I ask this, Lord, for his sake, uh, for their sake, for your glory. Do it, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you notice that verse number 39 said that this took place when, now, when it was day, which means, uh, probably means, that this was the morning of the 15th day. However, it, it could also indicate that what is taking place here is that this is the first break in the storm that they have had in 15 days. So for, for 14 days, the clouds had been so dark, the storm had been so severe that they couldn't tell whether it was day or whether it was night. But now, uh, in this moment, the clouds broke, the sun shone through, and they were able to see for the very first time that it was actually day. Either way, here's, here's what it's about. Either way, this is a moment of hope. A moment when the sun breaks through and those that are on board, that have been on board for 14 days enduring this storm, that they finally feel a little sliver of hope that maybe they can survive this storm. Now the Bible teaches us that God will never utterly forsake his children. Aren't you glad for that this morning? God never utterly forsakes his children. In fact, the Bible promises that God knows the limits of our ability to endure suffering and adversity and that he does sometimes test our faith. Um, however, God never tests our faith in order to just experiment on us. He's not performing experiments on us. He doesn't test our faith so that he might learn something that he doesn't already know about you. I mean, God already knows everything there is to know about you. So God doesn't test our faith to experiment with us. He doesn't test our faith so that he can learn something about us that he doesn't already know. God tests our faith in order to strengthen our faith, to stretch us and to teach us to trust in him. And occasionally he tests our faith in order to teach us something that we don't already know. So sometimes God does test our faith and we do go through storms and trials in our life. But here's the good news this morning. The good news is that there is an end to every trial. There is an end to every trial. There is a bright morning after every dark night. Can you praise the Lord for that? Thank God that there is always an end every trial. There's always a bright morning at the end of every dark night. In fact, in Psalm 30, David says this, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for, for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. 
For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, let's just thank God that joy comes in the morning. Amen. Thank God that every trial comes to an end. And in the worst moments of our afflictions, in the worst moments of our trials, we should always cry out to the Lord for his help, and we should always remind ourselves that no suffering is perfect. No suffering is perfect. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says this, And after you have suffered a little while, God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish. Aren't you glad that God does not allow us to suffer eternally? That God does not let us suffer even for a, a long time. But occasionally he allows us to suffer for a little while, but eventually morning breaks, eventually the trial is over, and God himself shows up to shine the light of his grace in our life to restore us, to confirm us, to strengthen us, and to establish our faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, this morning, if you are a child of God, if, if, you, are, if you are in his will, if you will keep yourself in the love of God, then you can claim his promise for your life. And this is God's promise for you. He has called you to his eternal glory. He has a purpose for your life, just like he had a purpose for Paul's life. He, he has called you to his eternal glory, and he will not allow you to be destroyed. I think we should just thank God for that this morning. Man. God will not allow you to be destroyed if you are his child. He is constantly watching over you. In fact, he himself, in the midst of your trials or adversity, he himself will appear to restore you, to confirm you, to strengthen you, and to establish your faith. Or maybe it's that hope that Charles Wesley had in mind when he wrote the words to this, what he called a morning hymn. Listen to the words of this hymn written by Charles Wesley. Christ whose glory fills the skies, Christ the true and only light, Son of righteousness, arise, triumph, or the shades of night, day spring from on high be near, day star in my heart appear. Dark and cheerless is the morn, unaccompanied by thee. Joyless is the day's return till thy mercy beams I see. Thy inward till thy inward light impart, glad my eyes warm my heart. Visit then this soul of mine, pierce the gloom of sin and grief. Fill me, radiancy divine, scatter all my unbelief. More and more thyself display, shining to this to the perfect day. Aren't you glad that in the moments of our deepest distress, in the moments of our deepest darkness, God is able to shine the light of his grace and he's able to give us hope and he's able to help us to see what we otherwise would not be able to see. Thank God 
and in the darkest, that in the darkest moments, God is able to cause his light to shine in our life. And let me tell you this, this morning, when God shines the light of his grace in our life during those moments of distress, uh, you may not always recognize what you see uh, when he does. Verse 39 says that when it was day, they did not recognize the land. But they noticed a bay with a beach. In other words, when God finally gave them enough light that they could see land, they didn't recognize the land that they saw. They were lost. They didn't know where they were. They, they were able to see, but they did not understand what it was that they saw. And here's the thing, God doesn't always give us the ability to understand everything that he does in our life. God doesn't always give us the, uh, the ability to understand everything that he does for us. I can't explain everything that God does in my life. I can't explain why God allows God, uh, godly people to experience bad things. Why, why people who are obedient to God, why they sometimes do have to go through adversity and they have to encounter storms in their life. I can't explain that, but I do know this. I do know that he is a good God and that he does everything well. Do you believe that this morning? He is a good God. and he does. We, don't we don't always understand everything that happens to us. We don't, we don't understand all of his ways in our life. But we can know this, we can know that he is a good God and that we can trust him. So I don't always recognize the reason for what God is doing at any moment in my life, but I'm, but I'm learning to trust him because I know that he has some purpose that may be beyond my ability to understand what he is doing. It's like Paul here in this passage that when the light shone, he looked out and he saw land. He didn't recognize where he was. He didn't understand where he didn't understand how they had gotten there. He didn't know where they were, but he knew that God was in control. The same way we're not all we don't always understand everything that God does, but we can understand that He is a good God, that He has an eternal purpose for our lives, and that if we'll trust Him. And if we will put our faith in him, that he will get us where he, he needs us to go in our life. Can you say amen? So we must be careful uh, in those moments because if we insist on understanding, then we may miss what God is, is doing. In other words, if we have to be careful that if we insist on recognizing everything that God is doing, that it may keep us from noticing something that God wants us. To do. We insist on having to understand everything that happens to us, then we may miss the opportunity for God to do something in our life. Paul and his companions, it says they didn't recognize the land uh, that they saw, but they noticed a bay with a beach, and they decided that that was where they were going to attempt to land the boat. Uh, by now, I'm sure you have heard some old story, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway this morning. Sure, you've heard the story about the old man who was called in a dangerous flood. Remember, they, uh, as the water began to rise around his house, they sent the National Guard out and they pulled up with a truck to his house. 
and they offered to evacuate him from his house as the water rose. And the man replied, no, don't worry, I'll be okay. He said, the Lord will provide for me. Then as the water rose around his house, the water finally rose high enough that he was forced to climb to the second story of his house. While he was there on the second story of his house, a boat came by, passed by him, and offered to help him to evacuate from his house and to take him to safety. And the old man replied, no, no, that's fine. I'm okay. The Lord will provide for me. And then finally, you might remember that he had to climb on the top of his house or the top of the roof where finally a rescue helicopter was flying overhead. It spotted him and it lowered a rope for him to escape the floodwaters. And the old man refused to say, no, no, I'll be okay. The Lord will provide. And tragically, the man was swept away by the floodwaters and perished. But he did go to heaven. And when he was in heaven, he was welcomed by the Lord. And the, the old man looked at the Lord, puzzled. And he said, Lord, I don't understand. He said, I prayed for you to save me. I had faith that you would provide for me. What, what went wrong? What did I do wrong? The Lord replied to him, well, I sent a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. But you refused to accept how many knows at times in our life also, in times it can be difficult for us to see what God is doing in our life because we're focused on what he's not doing. Or it doesn't happen the way we expect that it's going to happen. Sometimes, sometimes it prevents us from trusting in God. Sometimes it prevents us from taking what are important steps of faith. Obey. And in this regard, we can learn from the Apostle Paul's experience here in Acts chapter 27. When God granted them a moment of clarity, God granted them a break in the storm. He shone the light so that they could see. The Bible says they took they took advantage of the opportunity that they had been given. They didn't recognize the land. They saw. They still didn't understand. They didn't see perfectly. They didn't have complete understanding. But they saw the opportunity to trust in God and take steps of faith. The Bible says they cast off the anchors. They left them in the sea. They loosened the ropes that had been holding the rudder. They raised the foresail and they made for the beach. We've already said they didn't recognize the land that was in front of them. Perhaps they didn't see it clearly. They didn't understand perfectly uh, what God was doing, but they saw enough to have faith that God was going to get them safely to the land. And they took steps of faith. So they came up with a plan and they took steps of faith. Now, I'll concede. We've, we've already read the passage this morning. I'll concede that it, it didn't go as well as they probably they didn't make it all the way. In fact, the Bible says that, that before they reached the shore, they stuck in a reef. Bow got stuck in a reef, and then the waves began tearing the ship apart. But here's the thing. Eventually, they all reached land. Amen. Eventually, they were all saved. Some, the Bible says, swam ashore while others clanged, uh, clung to planks or pieces of the ship, and they were washed ashore. And in the end, verse 44 says, somewhat ironically, I think, 
And so it was that they were all brought safely. All is well that ends well, some people might say, but uh, before I end, I want to say two things about the plans that we make during times of adversity. First of all, I mean, there are good plans and there's bad plans, right? Such a thing as good plans and bad plans. Uh, the Bible says that when it was day, they saw a day with a beach, although they didn't recognize the land, Paul and the crew quickly developed a plan to take advantage of an opportunity to get ashore. And here's the thing. I think their plan was a good plan. In fact, their plan was integral to uh, their eventual success. God used their plan to get them to shore. And the basic components of that plan, I think, are can serve as a helpful guide to us when we're in, going through times of adversity or trouble in, in our life when we are being tossed by the storms of life, I think the basic components of Paul's plan uh, give us clues of things that we can do as well when we're confused or we're in adversity or in trouble. First of all, it says they cast off the anchors and they left them in the sea. I think it's helpful for us when we're going through adversity to evaluate our life and determine is there anything in our life that I need to cast off to get rid of. Are there sins in my heart? Are there attitudes in my mind? Are there things in my life that I need to get rid of, cast off, because they're hindering me from doing what God wants? Second of all, it says they loosed the ropes that were holding the rudder. They had tied the rudder in place because the ship had been doing this back and forth. all over. So they lashed the rudder in place so that they could move in one direction and only in one direction. And that served them well during the, during the storm. But when light broke, they could probably see that their ship was heading in the wrong direction, and so they untied the rudder so that they could steer the ship in a new course, in a new, in a new direction. I mean, in storms of life, sometimes we see that we're heading in the wrong direction, and we need to change direction and move in a better direction. Amen. Then third, it says that they set their sails, they lifted up the foresail to catch the wind that would take them ashore. I think during times of adversity, we need to pray, lift up our sails so that we can receive the breath of God, the Holy Spirit that will fill our sails and carry us in the direction that God wants us to go. These are all good things that we can do, that we should do during times of adversity. And like I said, that's a, that's a good plan that Paul had, that the crew had. I believe it was probably inspired by God. Paul was telling them what to do it. God used it to save Paul and, and the entire company of people that were on that ship that day. But of course there are bad plans too. Just like there are good plans, there are bad plans. And when the ship was being torn apart by the surf, verse number 42 says that the soldiers planned. Soldiers had a plan too. Their plan was to kill Paul and to kill the prisoners. How many would say, that's a bad plan? The bad plan. In fact, generally speaking, I say that you should you should avoid permanent solutions to temporary problems. Amen. That was a bad plan. But that brings me to the second point that I want to make this morning about the plans that we make, and that is that at any time, at any time, God may choose to interrupt our plans for His plan. Amen. God may choose to interrupt our plans. For, his, for instance, God immediately 
interrupted the soldiers' plan to kill Paul and the other prisoners. Thank God he is able to save us from bad plans. Can you say praise the Lord? Whether, whether they are the bad plans others could do us harm. Aren't you thankful that God is always watching over us? He's able to, to deliver us from the bad plans that other people make or the cause us harm. Amen. In fact, the Bible says that our enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's plan for us is to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Aren't you glad that God's word says greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world? That he is able to frustrate the plans of the enemy. Amen. And he's able to interrupt the plans of the enemy so that he might perform his plan in our life. I'm thankful that God is always looking over us to deliver us from the bad plans that others make that will do us harm. But not only is he able to deliver us from the bad plans that others make, thank God, he's also able to deliver us from the bad plans that we sometimes make also. I'm thankful that God has watched over me to deliver me, not only from the plans of others, but listen, God, has saved me many times from many bad plans, some of which I made for myself. God loves us so much that he's able to deliver us from bad plans. However, it's the good plans that God interrupts that sometimes confuses us and that we don't understand. I don't I don't always understand why God does not allow my good plans to succeed. Has that ever happened with any of you as you think? Sometimes I make good plans and I go to the Lord and I'm convinced that this is a great plan. If I can just get you on board with my plan, uh, then things are going to go so well. I told somebody recently, here's what I'm planning. They said, that's great. I said, that. now listen, God doesn't always consult with me. <laughs> And so this may or may not happen. I want to trust God. And and that's the wonderful thing about God. God will interrupt plans that are bad for us. Bad plans that others make uh, for our life. Bad plans that we sometimes make. God will also sometimes interrupt the good plans that we make for our life. Because God has a better plan for our life. Aren't you thankful that God has better plans for us? than we could ever make for ourselves. I don't always understand why God interrupts my plans. But I know it's always to do a better job for me than I can do for myself. Paul and the crew had made a plan that they were going to make for sure, and their plan didn't fully succeed. It was a good plan. Uh, based on, like I said, some sound reasoning, I think, good advice, things that they were doing, but their plan didn't succeed. It didn't turn out the way they thought that it was going to the bow got stuck. The ship began to tear apart. Eventually, they all got on shore. Not, and one of the reasons why their plan didn't succeed was because God had promised that he was going to save them. And so when they got on shore, they couldn't take any credit for the plan that got them on shore. It was all God's doing. Amen. So God was able to get them all successfully, safely to the shore. Because God is able to do the work that he is determined that he's going to do in our life. As I said earlier, God 
is so committed to your success that he will not he will not allow even good plans that you make that will take him take you further away from his plan for your life he will not allow them to succeed if you're fully committed to his purpose for your life again if you stay on board and if you stay on course and if you will trust Jesus Christ completely. Yeah, sometimes your life is going to take some twists and turns that you don't understand, that you did not anticipate. If you will trust in the Lord, God will finally get you safely all you should be safe. I come to the uh, keyboard. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes this morning? We're going to go to the Lord. And first of all, this morning, I feel led to pray for anybody who's here today that is outside of the will of God. I'm going to pray for anybody who's here this morning that perhaps, perhaps you have never completely committed your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe you've gone to church, yeah, maybe you've been involved in church, but this morning the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, revealed himself to you in such a way that you'd say, Pastor Tim, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever made a decision. Give him complete control. Not totally surrender myself to him. And I'll obey him. All of my heart. All of my life. I don't know that I've ever given him my life. And I want to give you the opportunity this morning. Make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Put him completely in control. Listen, here's, here's the benefit of that. If you'll do that, if you'll put him in control, then he'll get you safely on land. He, he will be more committed to your success than you are. He'll begin a work in you, and he will finish the work that he starts in your life. If you're committed completely to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I'm going to ask you, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, never turned yourself completely over to Him, then this is your chance. This is an opportunity to do it this morning. Would you slip up your hand and say, Pastor Tim, I want you to pray with me this morning so that when I leave here today, I'll know that Jesus Christ is the captain of my ship, that He's in control, and that He's going to make, He's going to ensure that my life gets across the line, and it's successful in the kingdom of God. Flip up your hand, and I'll pray with you, and you can leave this morning with that assurance in your heart that God is for you and not against you. Anybody at all this morning, we'll pray together. Thank you, Lord. Then would you stand to your feet all across this fellowship hall this morning? Let's pray with one another, for one another. You may be here this morning and your life has taken a twist or it's taken a turn that you didn't expect. Maybe you made plans and you thought your plans were good plans, but it, it has not turned out the way that you thought that it was going to turn out. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you this morning, if your life, if you've committed your life to Jesus Christ, don't be distressed. Don't be upset. Because God has a beautiful plan. He has an eternal purpose for you. 
And he's going to get you where he wants you to be if you will trust in him. Do you believe that this morning? Father God, I pray for anybody that's here today, Lord, that is battling discouragement, Lord. I pray for anybody here this morning, Lord, who is feeling doubts or insecurity this morning because the plans that they have made have not turned out the way that they thought, Lord. Father, I pray that in this moment right now you would come, that you would appear to them, Lord, <laughs> and that, Father, you would demonstrate to them your grace and your mercy, that you would come this morning, that today they would have that kind of moment, a moment of hope, a moment of reassurance when the sun shines in their life and they're able to see that, God, you love them and that you're working on their behalf. God, I pray that you would show up this morning in their life to confirm them, to restore them, to strengthen them, and to establish their faith in Jesus Christ. That they can leave here this morning knowing that you are committed to their success. And that, Lord, all they have to do is trust in you. Now, if you need that this morning, I want you to slip up your hand to heaven and say, Father God, come. Do that in my heart, in my life. God, come, reassure us, God. Restore us this morning. Strengthen us, God. Establish, Lord, our faith this morning so that, God, we would know that you're in control, that you have a purpose in what you're doing. It's not important that we understand, God. It's just important that we trust, Lord, in you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.